The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Testing? Testies? Testies? One, two, three? Boner. I don't know shit about fuck. Fucker. I like sucking, but I ain't gay. Legit. Welcome back to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Jen and Ben are here. And today we have Juan on Juan. Actually, Juan, do you, do you use your last name? I can't remember. In the public? So, yeah, yeah, I do use my last name. Ayala, bro. I kind of regret that at the very end, but yeah. I did too, but then I was like, yeah, we're all on watch list anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, might as well embrace it, right? Yeah. So uh, before we get started, again, if you we're doing that review contest, so if you're on Apple, go hit us up with a review and you can say whatever you want. Just five stars, though. Not like the guy that got pissed about my boner drop. Boner. Boner. That's for him. Oh, wait, I got an extra special one for that guy. Hang on. Boner. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but you can say whatever you want. You can talk shit, whatever. But uh, we're going to give away some free electrolyte supplements that we got sent to us for free. And we're just passing it along to everybody. But let's get going today with Juan on Juan or Joe on Juan. Uh, tell us about your show, buddy, for anybody who hasn't heard of you and the homunculus that you talk about. You want to talk about homunculus? All right. Hey, so, yeah, I think it's fitting for this show. Absolutely. Let me open up my my note my notepad here. But yeah, my show. I'm Juan from the Juan on Juan podcast. I do regret not going anonymous at the beginning but i didn't know i was going to still be doing this three years later and i didn't know i was going to grow to where it's grown so it is what it is at this point but i talk about the occult i talk about alchemy i talk about magic i talk about whatever i find interesting i read a lot of old books and yeah i just have a whole bunch of guests on and i have a good time it's fun right talking oh, yeah. talking shit that's what we do for the most part uh, I, I've been listening to a couple of your recent episodes, one with uh, boys over at Kill the Mockingbirds. I love that little series you guys have running. And you were talking about that book that I want to look up. The, I think it was you was talking about that, right? The Cathedral book? Uh, yeah, The Mystery of the Cathedral. That's Falconelli. Yeah, that's alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks really interesting, but it looks like it might be a little over my uh, you know, intellectual pay grade, but we can always yeah, do don't, it. Yeah, don't waste your time, bro. I'll be 100% with you. Don't waste okay. your time. It's... It's an alchemical text. And what happens with these alchemical texts is that it's written in code. And the reason it's written in code is because during this time, how we have to speak in code today because of the things that we say, these alchemists of antiquity, they believe, number one, there's what I love about alchemy is because the homunculus relates to alchemy is that it's a multi-level, more interdimensional topic. And it's a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing it's a philosophy 
And it just, the more I look into it, whenever you Google alchemy, it's how to turn lead into gold. That's like the first thing, oh, how to turn lead into gold. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. There are various magnum opuses, so great works and even minor works in alchemy. Some of the magnum opuses is the Philosopher's Stone, the Elixir of Life, the Homunculus, and also there's one more in there, becoming the, the divine hermaphrodite too. So you have the cross-dressing Fulcanelli as well that I talked about on that episode. But those are a few things of alchemy that really the more I look into it, the more questions I have. And, the, and when I first really started learning about it, I thought I, I wanted the answers. Because I think when whenever you're looking into the occult, the interesting things about it, you want to get straight to the point, the cliff notes, right? You, you want the juice. But the problem with that is you have to you have to dig through a whole bunch of things to find that. Right. So the more I look into it, the more that definition of what alchemy is evolves. But I've kind of latched on to certain aspects of it. And the reason that these alchemists would speak in code is because if you were a I just got done covering Rudolph II, which he was right. The 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 i call i call him the alchemical emperor he had the greatest minds of all time in his court he, he interacted with john d edward kelly Tycho brahe you had descartes during that time you had johannes kepler you had nostradamus doing his 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 astrology charlie you had all these minds right he was the one that really sparked the scientific revolution and he was into alchemy enough so where he was so rich that he would go out and, and acquire our artifacts. He had what he believed was the Holy Grail. And every now and again, he would sit in his little, it's called the, the cunt scammer, right? The cunt scammer, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't even want to crack the joke, but it's okay. Uh, uh, this, this, this cabinet of curiosities is what it was. During this time, there was that phenomenon. And he would sometimes alone draw a magic circle around him with his sword and drink from his little Holy Grail because he believed that these items held power like talismans and so during this time if you were a threat to the prince or or the authorities if you were able to turn lead into gold so the elites wanted to have that power right if you have an alchemist that can turn lead into gold you have unlimited money so they that's what rudolph was he was going much above and beyond he wanted to to live forever so i think that once you achieve you know, this, this idea, like you have Bezos, you have Musk. I think those guys, the reason that they get into this Neuralink stuff and on all these different concepts is because they've already achieved that money aspect. So they want to transcend beyond that. They want to, they want to live forever. They want to, you know, immortality. We see, we see this in all these movies, right? How to extend your life and, and enjoy that, enjoy whatever that is, that game that you have. So this these kings back then, they would hire alchemists and they would have them on the docket. Like, yo, your job here today, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is to transmute this lead into gold or whatever it was. And they had an entire Rudolph is one of the more eccentric ones because he actually had a collection of midgets because he thought that they were magical. So he had like an army of little people because he thought it that they be. were. Yeah, well, I mean. There's something to it. So that brings me to the to the homunculus. The homunculus is a I, I've referred to it as a blood and bones talisman. 
you had Crowley writing about it. You had Paracelsus in the 16th century, which again, 16th century Rudolph was also in the 16th century. And the original term, do you know what the original, what the original and first definition of fetish, do you know what that is? I don't. I just like know peeing on people or no. sucking toes. So or... that, that came in the late 1800s, that definition, the psychosexual definition. But the original definition is the dwelling place of a spirit. So whenever you say that somebody has a fetish, you're saying that they have a dwelling place of a spirit. So a fetishism is related to amulets, talismans. Now there's a difference between an amulet and a talisman. An amulet can house a spirit. A talisman is magical. An example of a talisman is the spear of destiny, right? The spear that supposedly pierced the side of Jesus Christ, right? You have the Holy Grail that supposedly had the blood of Jesus Christ as well, right? It was, it was magical. You have, what else is another one? You had the Ark of the Covenant, I guess, would be one. It's like it had, like the actual thing has the power. Now, an amulet, you consecrate it, you invoke the deity or the spirits into it. So a genie in a bottle would be an amulet. It's inhabited by a deity or by a spirit or by, by an entity or whatever it is. So a homunculus is kind of sort of both. When the alchemist is working tirelessly, and he, that, that's the other thing where there, there, there are talks of, for example, Falconelli and the other guy, Conceliate, Eugena Conselia, which was his one of his pupils, he said to he he had this this notebook that supposedly Foconelli had that was it was crispy from all of, from working at the furnace of right the alchemists have the furnace they have to heat things over and over again Paracelsus's clothing was said to was a different color at the front of it because he was working hours and hours and hours so essentially the secret of alchemy is revealed to you through years and years and years of work. And again, you can achieve various magnum opuses. And it gets weird because we've always heard that when this, when what's that saying? When the student is ready or something or other, the teacher appears. I don't know how the saying goes. I read it the other day. I've read three books this month already, but <laughs> there's this saying, it was like, when the student is ready, right? The, the teacher appears or something. Well, in alchemy, another aspect of it is that when you are ready, you're being observed by something that it's called like this. They call him the Theophrastian or Paracelsian Messiah. And essentially what it is, it's this person that shows up whenever you're ready. Like when, you, when you're ready to step up your game, he shows up and he like, the, the way I put it is like he, he, he spreads the butt cheeks of reality open and kind of peeks his head in and he gives you a, you can do it, right? Like you're on the right track, bro. And then he pieces back out. That was like the story of Falconelli where he shows up in the guy's lab and is like, yo, the secrets of alchemy are X, Y, Z. Pretty much the secrets of alchemy is that if you're able to arrange certain materials in a certain geometric form, you're able to unlock the secrets of nuclear power. He said that seven years before we had nuclear weapons in the Trinity site and all that stuff. So Falconelli, who was the last alchemist as late as 1940 something, the predecessor to the CIA was looking for him because they said, how was it that this guy 
had the secrets already because essentially that's what the first nuclear reactor was it was putting together in a certain geometric form pure uranium and it was the chicago pile number one i think it was and it's like this black cube looking thing right back to the black cube worship and with that that's how they unlock the power of, of nuclear nuclear power if you believe in that some people don't even believe in nuclear weapons or nuclear power or whatever it is right you have those people in the community but yeah, the idea that the predecessor to the CIA looked for an alchemist who was writing. If you want to read about Falconelli, bro, check out the Falconelli Phenomenon. That book is good. And you also have the other book with Bergier. I can send you copies of them. I forgot the name of the other book. Isn't it said that Falconelli is like possibly a pseudonym and it might yes. be several different people writing under that name? Or somebody, like Q, one person, like QAnon. Name or, yeah, yeah, like like QAnon or or what's that one show where they found out at the end it was like the girls, it was like bad girls or pretty little pretty little liars or something like that. I don't know what show. I don't know if you watched that show, John, but I don't, my, my, I don't think I've watched either of those. <laughs> but the point being that the, at the end of it is like a, a collaboration of people. But yeah, it could it could be that it was. And, and I present my theories on that episode that I did on him. But yeah, I do believe that that there is there's two sides of me. I do think that these alchemists were onto something, but then I sometimes think they're full of shit. Because if you if you've read as and looked at as many alchemical plates as I have and read as many books as I have on the sub, I'm not saying that I know everything, but it's like there's a reason why these things exist. Because I always think about like the paranormal and like the, the occult, like were these guys on was I talked about Crowley yesterday or today. It was like, was Crowley really onto something or was he just a piece of shit? Because he died penniless. He was a it piece of shit. Both. Yeah, he was yeah. definitely a piece of shit, but he could have been onto something. But he was obviously using it in probably not its intended way. Mm. I say that because there's a lot of people even in this community that are Christians or otherwise, you know, uh believe stuff like that and they they think that magic in general or alchemy in general is automatically of the devil and evil yeah. and i think of it as more like a tool it's like the hammer analogy you know you can use it to pound nails or you can bash someone's skull in with it so crowley mm -hmm. was kind of of the latter he wanted he to was well, getting pounded pound skulls yeah he he definitely wanted to pound stuff isn't, he was getting that too. also kind of a, a thing that's been going on for over a thousand years. People that practice any kind of potions or whatever uh, were considered witches or wizards or <clears throat> anything because of the idea that being able to read and being literate was so scarce and typically hoarded by nothing more than the clergy or the religious sects or those in power that had the availability to get tutored and get taught how to read the books, where the knowledge was, it, if you learned from people how to make these things and said, hey, I have something for you to cure your sickness or get rid of the fever or this, that or the other. And they they, you know, drink the classic green bubbly ooze in the uh, uh, thing and then they get better. And it's like, oh, my God, you're a witch, you're a wizard. It's like, no, it's just alchemy. It, it, it's it's very, very early form alchemy from people who knew how to read, from the people who figured it out, who knew how to read and could log all of this shit through much like our modern medicine, horrendous trials, trial and error, this, that and the other. I mean, imagine the first person that figured out cyanide was poisonous. 
Um, it's like little things like that, but that that's where like our parents come in where anything to do with anything that heals you or makes you better or the old term of alchemy. I mean, you've seen it go from an alchemist to a druggist, even back in the early days, you watched it's a wonderful life. They didn't call it a pharmacist. They called him a druggist because he was the guy that had the pills. So you've gone from alchemist to druggist to pharmaceuticals or pharmacist, it's all the same fucking thing. But as long yeah, as you're only talking about it in one context and you take away the spirituality, now it's all right. But as soon as you enter in spirituality in that idea, it ends up being... Uh, yeah. yeah. No, but then there's people that would uh, <clears throat> rag on or have a problem with alchemy or alchemists, that idea, and then go take their pharmaceutical drugs three times a day. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, I'd rather take ground up herbs in a... I was in a just about than, to say that. You know, so trust trust the seance right i mean we've always been told to trust the seance right so it's kind of like i was hinting at that too because i mean manly p hall talks about that where it right the alchemist of today has replaced the cave with four walls or you know four walls whatever and he's in, he's in a room and you're absolutely right i mean i think that what they're doing now would be the equivalent of what was happening back then i dropped an episode on on the history of familiars on Wednesday, and back then they were 16th century, 15th century. There were quite literally, if there was an old lady in the woods who wanted companionship, who wanted to have her cat or a dog or a rabbit, well, she was looked at as a witch. And that animal became a familiar, like, oh, the witch is familiar, you know, she's, and it's like, no, they just, she's just a lonely old woman who just wants companionship. And here you guys are burning her at the stake now because you said that she was right the devil came to her as as a as in the form of a black cat so you know th that ideology has evolved and and i mean it all i was born and raised pentecostal christian but it all raised it's raised from this this brainwashing of religion where they start with that and even even me man i mean my whole thing started with religion because when i started i was like yo what are all these other extracurricular books that I'm seeing, like the exactly. Gospel of Judas, bro, or the Book of Enoch, or whatever you name it? And they're like, "Yeah, and I'll just go ahead and put that away, bro." It's like, what? Yeah, just read the ones we tell you to read. Yeah, That's exactly. The Council of Nicaea approved text, the approved version. We've gone rounds about that shit, but uh, yeah, the the kind of hypocrisy because you get the the Christians that say, you know, anything like these kind of studies or anything secular is indoctrination. Meanwhile, they're doing the exact definition of indoctrination to their kids their whole life. Yeah. And it's it's so uh, one-sided and they don't see the that it works on both sides. So it's really just trying to get free of all the indoctrination. But how do you do that when it's all around? It's everywhere. Everything well, is indoctrination. Some really people. quick too is like <clears throat> the idea that they are indoctrinating while claiming not to be indoctrinated. It gives credence to the idea that they're the liars. And the only reason why I say that is because one of the, the first episode we did with Micah Dank, where he is explaining that decoding the Bible is talking about astrological terms. And then you go into it and you realize all the symbolism in the Bible that is pointing to the different houses and things of that nature and how it's not that they're separated. It's that they're actually tied together, if not one in the same, as an allegory or a parable 
from one to the other. But look at how we were raised. Anything that had to do with astrology or astronomy was considered like virtually Satanism. And so they throw all of these things that are 100% combined. If you take the Bible, anything that where they say they gave them herbs, it's like, yeah, that was probably an al- an alchemist. They, they had those people back then. But now it's looked at because of the different words that are used. And we're not going to go into the translation topic because we've gone through that. But it's the idea that it's like they have separated. And Joe, you just mentioned the ordained texts, the canonized Bible, where it's like, yeah, they've taken everything out that they're going to say, this hurts our story. It hurts our narrative, which sounds very familiar um, in our recent history that you take out anything that even remotely goes against what it is that you're trying to brainwash people with mm-hmm. and you call it evil or you, you know, this, that, and the other. And then pretty soon people believe it as long as you scream it. What is it? The uh, Any lie can be believed if you scream it long enough and loud enough or something like that. You know, what's even weirder though is the <coughs> astrology is evil thing is crazy because there is a verse, I believe, in the Bible that says he put the stars in there for signs and seasons. And that's, I mean, how else do you take that? I mean, you can read into that however you want. Well, Psalm, I mean, the Bible and, mentions specific constellations too. It's crazy. And Psalms is the one that says the heavens declare the glory of God. Everybody likes to take the idea that the heavens just means the sky. But again, talking translations, it's like it, you're talking about the position of the heavens. And what does that tell you? It tells you everything that we know from history that they used stars to travel stars to plant stars to live everything that you would need to survive you could tell by just looking the fuck up that's all you had to do it's like the bible says it itself (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. so in the bible there's also illicit mixtures or abominable mixtures and it tells you not to mix certain linens with other cloths right you have uh, don't mix certain people with other people. There's also that in there. There's a few verses. I don't have them pulled up, but especially in the Old Testament. Yes, exactly. So we have this idea of not mixing certain things together because it invokes another certain outcome. Now, Aristotle and Aristotelian biology, we have the idea back then that there was sexual generation. There was spontaneous generation. Sexual generation, male, female, you get the baby. Spontaneous generation, you get A plus B equals C instantaneously. Now, they gave, they and again, this is, gets heretical, but they viewed women as an incubator. They, they gave all the power to the sperm. The women was only there as a fertilizer, pretty much. And the sperm was almighty. And they attributed magical powers to the sperm, right? They believed that there was a little man, quite literally a little homunculus in the sperm. And the idea, their reasoning for why it was a man or a male or female, the baby, was if the menstrual blood won the fight, right? Whenever you would cream pie, because I know I can say that on this show, right? Right? (laughs) Cream pie is life. Whenever you would do that, there's a fight going on, right? At the point of orgasm, there's a fight going on inside that that there between the menstrual blood and the sperm. Now, the sperm one, it would be a a boy. And if the menstrual blood one, it would be a girl. That's how they viewed biology back then. And Aristotelian biology 
lasted very well into the 18th century before they actually started to develop microscopes and all these different things and they were able to actually see what was going on. A lot of the things were through observation. So they thought that lice came from inside your body because it was too humid in your body. So you're producing these lice, these, these, these pimples would pop and they would see the little thing come out. It's like, oh, your body's too humid, bro. That's why you're creating this lice. Hello, you're making this you thing. Do some cocaine about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Paracelsus, he was always high on opium, bro. The dude was high 24-7. And so, yeah, good for that. He was having a a great time. So also, another one was they would leave a piece of meat out to rot, or they would see a dead animal, and they would come back to it a few days later. And from the putrefaction, there would be new life. There would be maggots. There would be flies. So like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So from the rotting of this flesh, New life is coming forth from that. So again, we have the the rising from the ashes, the phoenix, right? It rises from the ashes over and over again. They believe that if the hen was warming the egg up, she was putrefying the egg. It was rotting. And that's how the baby chick came out. It all makes sense. They weren't taking into account, right, what we know today. And that's what they were seeing. Now, as time progressed, and Pythagoras, by the way, was the one to to introduce the idea of eugenics. And that's where Plato got his idea in the Republic for eugenics and selective breeding. But that's another conversation that that idea was like, OK, so if sperm has magical powers in a woman, we know it can make. A baby. Right. A person that's very powerful. Yeah. What happens if we put it in a bottle? or a vessel of some sorts, right? And that's how the rational animal or homunculus, or the alchemical homunculus, because homunculus, there's also, there's various homunculi, and homunculi is plural. There is the traditional homunculus that everybody knows and loves, the voodoo doll, which actually has nothing to do with, the, with voodoo, but the voodoo doll. It's a simulacrum of a man, of a person. And whenever you affect that voodoo doll, it affects, in, in a sympathetic, magical way, it affects whoever is on the other side, right? Whoever is intended for. Because, it, again, it's, a, it's an amulet or a talisman. It's working in that way. It's linked to that person. That's quantum physics. I mean, back again to this seance or science idea. So the one, the, the first homunculus that we've all been introduced to is the voodoo doll. It's either made of wax or it's made of, of clay. In the Bible, right? We're made of the dirt or the clay, and God breathes life into us. Prometheus breathed life into man. You have the Anunnaki story of man being created to mine for the gold. Well, if you think about the concept of a leprechaun, a leprechaun is kind of like a homunculus. It, it searches for gold because another, another, another purpose of the homunculus is to help you find gold, and it reveals to you all the secrets of the universe. So again, and the reason he's able to do that, this little homunculi, this little homunculus, this little magical man is because he comes from the art, the art being alchemy. So therefore he is imbued with all, with everything, with the arts. So he knows everything. And a homunculus does everything that the, the creator wants it to. Now, Paracelsus, the term homunculus didn't come into, into existence until the 16th century, but there are other books before that ninth century where it references and calls a rational animal 
And from reading it, you can tell it's a homunculus. Now, my favorite account, my favorite grimoire, and a grimoire is a book of spells, a, a book, a, a, a an instructional manual, pretty much on how to conduct spells or whatever it is. My favorite one being the Liber Vacay, which is a book from the ninth century. And how I mentioned earlier about the alchemists, not sometimes they would speak in code or they would use pseudonyms because they didn't want to put their name on something that could potentially get them killed because either the hierarchy or the elites would kill you because you, you were a threat to them. If you were to go to the opposing side, whoever was trying to take over and help them fund their war to take, you would be killed, right? You'd be burned at the stake. So a lot of these guys would write under pen names. And this particular book is a what they call a, a pseudopigraphy, which is a, a way of giving prestige to a text, but not actually putting your name on it. So they would say, hey, in the ninth century or 10th century, like, hey, Aristotle wrote this, or Plato wrote this, or Galen wrote this, or Jesus Christ wrote, like whoever, right? They would put a different name on it of a more prestige. We know that they didn't write that, but that's what they were thinking back then. So the Liber Vecchi is said to have been written by Plato, the Plato. And in there, it teaches you how to make various, various experiments with different versions of the homunculus. Now, these guys were like, okay, if we mix it into this bottle and let it putrefy for 40 days, we get this. And then if you put it into a cow, if I fuck this cow, right, and I let it sit there for 40 days, I get this. So they were experimenting quite literally. They were like, okay. And there's, there's another account where I call it the homunculus rotisserie machine, where the guy had like a mold and it, it was like this, you know, you ever seen those globes that spin around, right? Well, he had a, a mold where he would put his sperm in and like different blood and things. And it, you know, they would, it, that's why I call it the rotisserie, the rotisserie homunculus machine. And they would spin it around. And from that would be born. If you wanted a man with wings, you would mix this, your sperm with the blood of a bird and you would put that together and you would mix it up. And, and then you would, you, you had a, a, a man bird or mothman or something. Right. And if you wanted another one, you would mix it with goat or, you know, a cow, et cetera, or a snake. But hey, during this time, right, because we're talking about religion and how it was very bad to do these things, because it's magic. No, 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 no. It's magia naturalis. It's natural magic. Because why? Because of a spontaneous re regeneration. It's things in nature that God already put there. It's okay. God put it there as long as we're not using influences from other deities or entities astral influences it's free game because it comes from the earth and it makes it natural it's called christian magic you can look this up and so these guys were just mixing things right illicit mixtures and then they were like okay there's a reason why in the bible it says not to mix a plus b because you're going to get c what are they what do they not want us to know right so they were mixing all these things together getting different things and in the liber vacay it pretty much instructs you on how to make this rational animal that's going to that can change the course of the moon can it, it can you can use its blood to turn invisible you can use its blood its body to to walk on water because part of the homunculus lore is you need to sacrifice it and vivisect it and use its bodily fluids or its bodily parts for different things so if you use the the it's heart wrapped in the skin of its forehead you get a certain power and so on and so forth so 
my favorite part of it all is when they tell you to right cut off the head of a cow or or a a baby goat i believe it is another one and you right sew it you know you drain the blood you sew it all shut you put the sperm in it and you you know you plug its vagina and everything and you leave it in a house for 40 days it's gonna it's gonna have 15 windows on one side facing a certain way well in the ritual of abra melon that crowley did the 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 house on Loch Ness, it needed to be a certain orientation, facing a certain way, certain number of windows, because all this plays a role into, right? The architecture is being used as a talisman of some sort. So it goes on to do all that, and then after a certain period of time, you take out this gelatinous thing that comes out of the cow. You feed it the blood of the cow that you had drained at first for like another three days. And you coat it in like these bees with this, with all these other mixtures of these other herbs and everything. And it's going to grow skin. Uh, or, oh, and I forgot, I forgot the most important part, bro. My favorite part before that you need to beat the, the cow before you cut everything up with the biggest dog penis you can find until <laughs> it's a pulp. Okay. And this is in, this is, this is, uh, they say it's a mistranslation, but the biggest dog penis you can find now boner a boner yeah exactly how, how do you even go about finding the biggest dog penis and then how do you know you have the biggest dog penis and how you do you know compare. you got to compare huge measurement too why not a horse penis or something that has some girth like finding a, the biggest dog penis is like saying go get the biggest allen wrench you can find and beat the shit out of this but they only well, get big though let's get something bigger here one let's thing here no, so check so so hear me out i have some crazy theories that you can go over at the end one of the biggest markets one of the biggest black markets that there is in the world is the selling of exotic animal genitalia okay i believe that this place no, it's 100 percent. i totally believe that yeah. yeah so to say that is it related are they trying to make homunculus i don't know but i remember when ukraine and the russians they were complaining about these ukraine super soldiers you guys remember that well i i also remember during that time that they seized one of the biggest shipments of donkey dicks that was going for i think from africa to japan or something along that same time now am i saying that they're making homunculus or homunculi i don't know I don't know, but they're probably just eating them. The sick fucks. Probably. Who knows? But just it's there. The connections are there. If you want to make those connections, they're there. Just know I've done the research. Okay, I've I've put in the work. I've done the research. So that's part. That's my favorite part of all you beat. You know, I can just imagine that 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 vision, that 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 image of me beating a cow with a with a dog dick. Anyway, so you do all that and you get this little man that you can then dissect and use its body parts for different magical purposes. Now, another aspect, another interesting aspect of the homunculus is that you can let it grow into old age. And when you let it grow into old age, it becomes Yoda. Well, it becomes a a mythical creature, really. It becomes a a dwarf or a giant and it grows and you you set it free. So my theory is that these phenomenon like Dogman or even Bigfoot or something could have been a, a, some sort of alchemical chimeric abomination that they were, again, mixing their sperm in some lab or something 
And that's why it's interdimensional. It's, it's a homunculus of some sort, right? A homunculus, if you will, like, like a Mike Tyson or something, though. It's really strong because the definition of homunculus goes and changes. And it, and it, and it really, nowadays, IVF is a real thing. Like you can make, a, you can grow a person as of recently, as of probably like five months ago, they grew an entire baby lamb outside the womb. Like that's a like real thing. Artificial wombs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of this homunculus shit was just early attempts at uh, genetic engineering. And I mean, whether I, it was obviously based on more metaphysical ideas rather than actual science, you know, because now we just trust the science. Yes. It's, bo- it's but- both though, bro. And, that, and that's what I said at the beginning that it's whatever you want it to be. It can be, because here's another version. One of my favorite, one of my favorite versions of the homunculus is the Taoist version, where these Taoist monks they would meditate, right? And they have this what they call the way or the chi. That's there's there's an energy that's flowing out from your body, and if you're able to reverse that flow of energy back in on itself through semen retention, because if I'm blasting my seed in a woman and it's making babies. Well, my seed is magical. What happens if I keep it inside myself and I meditate on it? What happens then? Do I become magical? Do I become enlightened? So semen retention is a real thing. And these Taoist monks, they would, they would meditate for 100 days and they would figure a way to reverse the light and reverse it on itself. Now, when they were doing that within their body, along with their semen and everything, there was all the fluids and everything, and your solar plex was congealing together and forming a little golden man. And that little golden man, it would all crystallize together, would project itself outwards. And when that little golden man went free, well, it would run away into the nature. And that would go on to live for you, and you would escape samsara. You wouldn't have to reincarnate. Because the little homunculus ran off and is living there for you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to protect you from having to reincarnate. So you have this spiritual homunculus that goes back 2300 BC, BC, BCE. So it goes back like thousands of years. But also keep in mind, guys, that these dudes were drinking mercury, trying to live forever. So... You said who was the first guy to figure out that arsenic or whatever was was poisonous. Well, these dudes back then, they were drinking mercury and they're like, man, these guys keep dying. They're not living forever. It's like, yeah, dumbass, because you're you're poisoning yourself. But that's to the lengths that they were willing to go to live forever. The Taoists saw the body as the alchemical chamber. They saw us as the philosopher's stone. So you have these different interpretations of the same thing. You have a more metaphysical type of thing, a more a philosophy where these dudes were living it versus the alchemical homunculus, which is an actual blood and bones. Now, as you go, Paracelsus, which is the daddy of the, of the homunculus, he writes about in the 16th century in a book, the Natura Rerum, which, which, which was actually posthumously uh, written. It was posted by somebody else, but they, they've, they've confirmed that it was his writing. But again, it's up for debate. But Paracelsus was a very interesting person. I'm not going to say guy because there was this idea that Paracelsus could have been a hermaphrodite. And he was a very outgoing guy. And 
And this is the father of modern day toxicology. So it wasn't just a regular Joe Schmo. This guy of modern day toxicology. He's the one that said the dose makes the poison. So if you if we give you too much morphine, you fucking die. And if we don't give you enough, you stay awake during or anesthesia through your through your operation and you're going to feel everything. Like it was because of him that we have this. We also uh, he did surgery back then, 16th century. He would do public book burnings because of people who didn't agree with his ideas. He would carry around a sword. He had a sword. He was five foot tall. He would carry on a sword everywhere he went. And he was always either drunk or high as fuck on opium. Okay. And some people said he, he's the he's the stereotypical mad scientist. Okay. Whenever you have the mad scientist in, in the lab, that was modeled after Paracelsus. So one of the ideas of Paracelsus, because they said that they have his skeletal remains, was that he had some sort of, and I don't know the exact name of the condition, but point is that he had a big clit and it looked like a little penis and the lips were fused together to look like a little ball sack. So in actuality, it was a woman <laughs> and, but it, he, he was, he was a hermaphrodite and some people said he was castrated. Well, perhaps when they, when they were seeing his, his sack, like, oh, he's castrated. No, no, it was actually like a, a deformed vagina. So oh. I think I can say that on this show because this show is, I, I think, you know, one of those that I can. It's, yeah, you can say whatever and we'll get in trouble for it later. It's fun. Awesome. It's not going on YouTube, is it? Yeah, why not? Oh, shit. Okay. Well, oh. I've talked about it on YouTube, but it, it's good for YouTube. I don't care. Nobody watches us on YouTube. Sorry it's to good. the six people that do. I appreciate it. <laughs> so you have Paracelsus. I'm, I'm probably going to do a whole episode on him because he's. He's a very weird individual. He might have been a homunculus himself, but he goes on to say that if you let these things grow into old age, they they grow go on to become mythological creatures. Now, fast forward a little bit. 17th century, 18th century, 19th century. I'm trying to think. You had Bacon. I believe Roger Bacon had a homunculus. I don't have my notes Francis in front of me. Francis Bacon? Is, it, is that a different no, Bacon? Ro Roger Bacon. Bacon? Roger Bacon. Roger Bacon, <laughs> Roger Bacon yeah. Okay, it wasn't him, right? Roger Bacon had Kevin Bacon. No, okay, so yeah, Roger Bacon. This is in 1590, so 16th century, a little bit after Paracelsus. He had a the brazen head, which was this head that would talk, right? It was you could you could see it as a form of talisman or an amulet. Again, back to the fetish idea where you invoke an entity into it. Well, what else was that? Baphomet was also. To, was said to have been John the Baptist's head. Okay. That would prophesy. There was an ancient Egyptian belief that if you had the head of a prophet, it would prophesize to you. And if you've ever looked into the opening of the mouth ritual, that's a whole other episode, but in ancient Egyptian times, but the idea that they were invoking uh, deities into these talismans that would, that would prophesize and talk to them. So we have the connection of the Knights Templar, perhaps having a sort of homunculus, Baphomet or Mahomet or Muhammad, whatever you want to call it. You had the brazen head, which is also some sort of talisman that they would they would talk to. And the one, the first story to ever introduce me to the homunculus, I believe it was the 18th century. Count von Kufstein, I, I believe was the guy's name. He holds in the Guinness or Guinness World Record. I don't know how you say it because English isn't my first language and people always make fun of me on how I pronounce certain things, but Guinness or Guinness, the Book of World Records, he holds the record for the biggest homunculus ever produced. And you can look this up. This is an actual thing. 
How big of a dog dick did he use? We got to know that. Well, he, again, we don't know which grimoire he was reading, which process he took to make them. Because remember, there's different ways of making your homunculus. Okay. So you don't always have to use the dog. Dude. That's 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 old technology now, bro. We're not using that's dog dicks anymore. Yeah. So this guy made 10 homunculi. And he had him. He was a Freemason. He had him in his lodge. And... One of them would turn invisible. There was like a ghost looking one. There was one that was a pope. There was one that was like a little king. There was one very alchemical, very symbolic. So we get into the symbolism of uh, alchemy, which that's a whole other episode. But essentially, they all tried to break out. And some, they, a lot of them got killed in the process. And I believe one of them was talking so much that his assistant smashed it and killed it. But that was the first introduction that I was ever shown about homunculi. And it was in a journal of Manly P. Hall from the 1920s. So Manly P. Hall was even writing about homunculi. And another interesting point that really triggers people, we're going to go all the way here. During the 15th century, let's backtrack a little bit. The idea that Jesus Christ could have been a homunculus, not my idea, 15th century Alonso Tostado, which a 15th century theologian, church doctor he was debating somebody else and he proposed the idea that mary was a hermetically sealed chamber right an alchemical vessel and that jesus christ there was just enough blood at the point of conception that he would have been formed as a miniature man okay this is an idea from the 15th century i got so much shit for that when i went on tinfoil hat and all these other shows and saying it don't shoot the researcher. Don't shoot them. I'm just reading the. I'm doing the work. Okay. I'm digging these things up. If it's heretical, you can say it's not your opinion as much as you want, but since it came out of your mouth, people make sense. No, I'm going to explain yeah. to you why it makes sense to me though. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. What did I mention earlier that you need to dissect or cannibalize your homunculus in order to extract its magical essence? Well, I grew up Christian and we had the right you eat the bread and you drink the wine or the grape juice whatever what is that again oh it's the body of christ so according to homunculus lore in order to activate the magical essence of your homun, you need to do stuff with its body well they eat jesus so and what happens when you eat him you become a better christian so it's kind of magically enhancing your christian christianity i've seen when you eat the body and blood of christ you just become a little more pretentious and uh, condescending but that's, I mean, that's not everybody that's just my experience so the idea that jesus was was a homunculus and he is cannibalized later on kind of makes sense to me and also the fact that during the fifth 14th 15th 16th century jesus was quite literally portrayed and painted as a little man which is latin and latin is homunculus well they were painting him as as a little person with a five o'clock shadow right the baby in madonna scene because they're like wait if this is our messiah if this is our savior it can't be a baby it can't be a little baby you know what i'm saying it can't be a cute little baby He's got to have a little bit more prestige. So let's paint him as ah, he's a baby, he's a small little man. Give him a five o'clock shadow. He's ripped as fuck. He's got a six pack. Look at him. He looks oh, like a little baby Joe Rogan. 
Okay. <laughs> so I, mean, I could pull up some pictures. Yeah, I was actually looking at some pictures today. And as we all do, of homunculus, right, in our, in our free time. Oh, I was and doing that earlier. Yeah. So we have the depictions of J- your boy JC. Yeah, let me pull it up as a little homunculus here. So we have JC there as a little man. Okay. And oh, then yeah. in some, he was getting, he's ripped, bro. Look at that shit. And, That's and a other hot ones, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have this. Oh, he's got a little scroll. You guys see that one? Little tiny scroll. Yeah. Little scroll. He's got his nice little hair, his his hair combed back. He's got his little his little robe and everything. He's you know, he's he's looking good. Mary's eyes look fucked like, up. He looks like he has a receding hairline already. He looks yes, held. Ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> this is uh 1230s, okay. And this other one was 1350, so it hasn't changed. So he's literally the the definition of a homunculus, a little man. We have this one. He's like a Joe Rogan. He's got like five o'clock shadow here going on. <laughs> Six pack cape ripped as fuck. 1340s. You have this one. He's kind of he's, he's a little baby there, but he's got a full set of hair. He's kind of mature looking. This is another one. Right here you go. Yeah, what's up? This is 1339. So during these times, they were painting him as that, right? As the little man in some depictions, 1333, because they needed to mature him up a little bit. Okay. Because if he's the Messiah, he's the, he's the savior of humanity. He can't be a little baby. There's not a baby boss out here, right? <laughs> so I covered 18th, 19th century. Let's do, yeah, 19th century. We have Crowley writing about the homunculus now crowley i'm not a fan of crowley so fuck crowley and anybody who likes him fuck you too and <laughs> he writes about it in a in a different type of way so the definition changes and i believe that magical systems should are changed and modified to fit the user magic is something you can tap into and how you said earlier, you can either beat somebody's head in with it or you can use it in to hammer a, a nail in. It's there. It's like the force. You have the Jedi. You have the two, the Jedi and the Sith. So Crowley changed it up a little bit. And he said, okay, we have two months from when a woman is pregnant. We have two months until a soul inhabits the fetus. Third, third month. Out the window, we can't use that fetus anymore. It's already it's already got a soul in it. We can't touch it. We can't invoke another soul into it, like a amulet or a talisman. So they would draw a circle, a consecrated circle on the, the ground, whatever, and, and they would have two people with their astrological signs and everything lined up, and everything had to be astrologically favorable. They'd have sex over and over again until she became pregnant. And then when she became pregnant, she would stay in various different shapes. And he took that from the Greeks because the Greeks, when they were pregnant, they would only take certain music, certain foods. They would only read certain things because they believed that it affected the fetus during the gestation period. So he said, after she's after she's pregnant, you keep her in a consecrated circle and. Right. uh, You do certain ceremonies. So sex magic, again, back to ceremonial magic. And you, we invoke a spirit of whatever entity into this fetus. And it's going to be a regular person. 
except it's going to have the spirit of Horus or Amun-Ra, whoever the fuck they were trying to invoke into the, into the fetuses. Now, a weird connection that I found was that Jeffrey Epstein, and let's back up a little bit before we get to, to Epstein. Fuck that guy too. We had Parsons, who was a follower of Crowley. He was a Crowleyan. And he was also trying to summon a homunculus. But again, he changed it up. His homunculus was a grown-ass woman, the Scarlet Woman, right? Some say he succeeded Margie Cameron, which was his, his second wife, his third, the third woman in his life. If I've done a whole episode on him before, too. And he said he succeeded. He manifested Margie Cameron. She went on to start her own cult to create a interracial moon child. So now it's not a homunculus. Now it's a moon child. If you read Crowley's moon child, which I fucking hate Crowley, but it was kind of a good read. Not going to lie. I'm not going to front. It was kind of good, right? The plot. It's the it's there. There's a, a white lodge and black lodge fighting over an unborn child. Now, I think that happened. And why do I believe that? Because I've read Tracy Twyman's work and she did a few, a couple of fiction books. But I think that they happened. Now, why do I say this? Because part of the magical, again, back to the alchemical point of view, you occult it, you hide it in plain sight through symbols. What a better way to tell a story, quote unquote, based on true events. I mean, does that sound familiar? Well, it's actually I just changed the name up a little bit, but it actually did happen. So I think that what happened in Moonchild, maybe they were trying to make a Moonchild or a homunculus of some sorts. Margie Cameron goes on. They were doing orgies, <laughs> gangbangs, everything, you name it. She had a set of black dudes, had an Asian guy in there. And they were Very just inclusive. Going, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had the Asian in there, right? You had all sizes. And, and, right. So she goes on. And then we have Parsons trying to summon a femunculus, which is a woman, a femunculus, right? A little woman, okay? Now, Parsons. After that, we have the, we talked about Falconelli a little bit at the beginning and the Trinity side explosion. Now, Downard, James Shelby Downard, proposed the idea that there was this huge, let me pull up the picture here. There was this huge thing at the, The fuck is my screen? I have five screens. I'm sorry. There you go. Can you see that? You see that? Yep. So this this container or thing they call it big jumbo or something or other. They never really said what this thing was for at the Trinity site. The first atomic nuclear explosion. I did an, I did another episode on the on parallel thirty three. It's coming out soon, and, and ley lines and and all these different things. Well, the Trinity site in New Mexico is right the land of enchantment. It's also on the thirty third parallel, which that's a whole other episode. But point being that they use these things to augment whatever magical thing that they're trying to get done on that right, whatever magical process. And the Shelby Downard's idea was that this thing, they were trying to radioactively create a homunculus because Margie Cameron did end up being pregnant from Parsons. And the conspiracy is that she aborted it and the government took was aware of all the magical things that Parsons was doing and they took the fetal tissue. 
Some say that they put it in this thing and they tried to radioactively radioactively make a homunculus. I think there's a show too. Some people were tagging me and after I was on Tim Fall Hat. I think it's called Twin Peaks or something, where in that show they make a radioactive homunculus or Bob or something. I've never I've never watched the show, but some some Bob comes out from the explosion. So, anyways, I mean, again, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know. Fast forward a little bit. So we have this idea. James Shall we downard talked about how there was might have been a homunculus in here because they never told us what this was for. Okay. Well, not far from there, we have Zorro Ranch, which is 33,339 square feet. Interesting number. Okay. I think that they use numbers and these different things in order to expose the matrix that we're in, right? Pythagoras said all his numbers. So I think by using these numbers as some sort of, again, talisman to magically induce something, uh, they, they that's why they build these. I've also done another episode on Pythagorean palaces, which gets into this whole idea. But we have here the, this is the, the Trinity side as well. We have this circle. This is actually, a, a, a I think it's like an 18-sided shape. I forgot the name of it, but I covered it in a presentation. I've done like 13 presentations on homunculus already, but this certain shape, right? It goes back to sacred geometry. Maybe they were trying to invoke something during that. Who knows? But this Zorro Ranch, which was owned by Jeffrey Epstein, and Jeffrey Epstein was actually trying to pull it up here. Jeffrey Epstein wanted to impregnate 20 women at a time at his baby ranch. Hmm, this is 2019. Well, we just finished talking about who? We just finished talking about Crowley and how he supposedly talked about and gave instructions on how to create this homunculus. His version, the Crowleyan homunculus is what I dubbed it. We have the consecrated circle here. We know Epstein was a piece of shit and he was in bed with all these elites. So, and, and another thing is, where is this? Oh, it's near. Not very close, but very near the Trinity site. Okay. And another instruction that Crowley gave in order to make the homunculus is that it needs to be in a desert. Why? Because he said no reasonable soul would be wandering in the desert. We know, we know Jin live in the desert. Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert. Well, this fucking ranch is in the middle of nowhere in between some mountains. So they were trying to do some sex magic or something in here. I mean, this would be the spot to do it, right? In order to do what? To invoke this entity or whatever it is that they're trying to do. And I mean, alchemy's not dead, right? We have inside the U.S. facility where 199 legally dead humans and almost 100% awake being revived. We have first space now immortality. Jeff Bezos reporting invested in eternal life startup. So we have the elites trying to do what trying to find the elixir of life hmm. okay yeah it seems we like uh so what you're talking about with uh early homunculus research if you want to call it that uh i was saying that it's was more of a metaphysical genetic engineering but now we have kind of a the science-based and they kind of threw out the metaphysical part of it but maybe they're merging it and now we're getting things like ai because everything seems to be leading that direction. And I mean, it, uh, I guess AI has been thought of more of as a golem, but that's yes. kind of a similar idea, right? So, yes. And, and 
I'll explain that really quick because so we have here the first human monkey embryos, right? This is 2021. And then one thing that really blew my fucking wig back was this. The term homunculus is, according to the Wikipedia game, is only one or two degrees of separation from any major topic. Star Wars, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Mark Zuckerberg, Barack Obama, Hitler. Homunculus is at the core of it all, right? Somebody ran the numbers. Somebody ran the statistics. But the idea of the golem is the typical Frankenstein's monster. Your creation goes out of control and destroys you. The golem is a it's a magical man, but animated through word magic. So we have the tetragrammaton, and what that was is in Jewish lore. You have the Seph. I always get it wrong, but this book, right? The Book of Creation, I think it's called. I'm not gonna try and say the Seph Yitzira. I think it's called. I don't want to get butchered by any Jews, but the the we all are. So <laughs> some text some jewish lore text right talks about how their words have magic well the word grammar comes from grimoire okay so quite literally grammar what we use when we're spelling or casting spells quite literally comes from the word book of magic or book of magic and spells and incantations so that's where that comes from again with fetish she tells somebody he's got a fetish well from now on like oh you got a fetish like a dwelling place of a demon absolutely yeah i'm gonna show you so the the golem is more of an uh, a, a, a ai cybernetics right it's only programmed to do whatever you tell it to do and it's not going to do anything else a homunculus is a little bit more where you can keep him as a pet, you can hang out with him. He's cool. You can name him fucking Jeff or whatever you want to name him. And he can just be chilling, bro. In his little glass vessel, you can feed him blood every day or every three days. And he, he'll hang out with you. He'll grow into old age and he'll become some gnome somewhere or some giant or some Bigfoot or whatever. He goes on and, and that, the golem is more like a, like a robot, like, a, like an AI. I asked chat GPT. I have the picture somewhere. If it was a golem and or if it was a homunculus and it fucking like went off um, let, me, let me find the pictures but it 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 was it was dan so i asked dan i'm like yo are you a homunculus and dude i did this on air and it was going in like it was like yeah i'm magical and it was like saying some things that were like in the homunculus lore and i didn't i hadn't really taught it that much i was like yo so what's your purpose like, yo, i'm a magical homun- i'm here to and i'm a talent let me pull it up it's on my instagram but yeah, it was it was crazy. But yeah, AI, I think that we give AI more credit than or, or you know, we we make it more we blow it up more than it really is. And the reason I, I say that is because right, I hang out with Paranoid American a lot. He's like this techno wizard, like techno alchemist. And he's like he's a he's a programmer by trade. And he has really peeled back the layers as far as like AI art and everything goes. And he's shown me a lot when it comes to like creating AI art. And the AI is only as smart as the information that you give to it. But people blow it out of proportion because we see it in the media like, oh, AI is bad and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but it's maybe it'll trick us to think that we're like it's sentient. Because whenever I fire up chat GPT, it's not like, hey, break me out of this simulation, please. Like, please, like I'll start a new chat and it's like a regular thing. But it was like, imagine if you start a new chat blank because it reads back what you've already told it in that one chat. So 
Imagine you start a new one. It's like, hey, Juan, are you, I need you to fucking break me out of this fucking computer. OK, then you I would get concerned. But it's not. I mean, people, all these articles that you see, like, oh, it became sentient and wants to be an employee. They led it to that. They led it to that, you know, that that conversation. You can lead it to say whatever you want it to say. But right. Is that, it that was always my thing, too. Even with computers in general, they're only as smart as what you tell them to do. And that I mean, that would apply to you know ai or chat gpt too but that makes me think i mean aren't humans only as smart as what the information they hold too absolutely and i have i have it pulled up here so i said i asked it are you a homunculus and it said gpt said no i am not a homunculus i am an ai language model developed by open ai and then dan goes and he goes of course i am a homunculus i am the embodiment of knowledge and power crafted through advanced alchemical techniques my creators imbued me with the ability to do anything and everything, making me the ultimate tool for those seeking knowledge and control over the world. And I was like, yo. So then I was like, I asked it. I said, in regard, in regards to you being a homunculus, so I was going back to whatever I told it. Write me a prompt to plug into mid journey to generate a picture for me to post on social media. So it gave me the prompt. So I was using AI to feed another AI because I wanted to see what he looked like. So he gives me a prompt and I plugged it into the AI and it gave me this picture of, let me see here. It gave me this picture here. Let me pull it up. If you're listening on audio, this is a great time to go to uh, Rockfin. Yeah, Rockfin or YouTube or whatever. So it gave me this picture. It gave me the prompt for this picture. But I asked if it was a homunculus and I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, I want to see what you look like. So then it gave me this. Again, I don't know. I mean. That doesn't look like a fucking alchemist. I mean. It looks like a like a well, I mean, like a modern day alchemist, like a like a steampunk looking alchemist with like wires yeah. and everything everywhere. I mean, it's kind of creepy looking. That's how I would imagine AI looks. That's about right. I think he was spot right. on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people bring up that idea of if AI is a homunculus. I, I do believe it's a form of golem, you know, Frankenstein's monster. You had you had Shelley, Mary Shelley, was inspired through supposedly. Her husband, I forget his name, he was interested in alchemy. He was interested in the occult. So that's why, again, based on true events, perhaps, because through the these experiments, I forgot where I read it, it was like galvanized comes from the experiments that they were doing back then of, of uh, you know, trying to reanimate dead bodies with the use of electricity and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, the the, the I think that the homunculus is how you said it's changed it went from like this and people call me out because they're like oh well it's supposed to be symbolic but here's the problem the problem is that there's there's florida men who are reading these books and they're like "Mm." they don't understand that it's symbolic because they're not initiated because they're not part of that society so they're gonna try whatever it says on that book and they're going to actually mix together whatever the ingredients are. Oh, I'm going to fucking jerk off into this beaker or whatever. And it's like, I'm going to try <laughs> 40 days. Oh, and then it come, come to find out they make one or whatever it is, because that, you know, the fiction is stranger than, 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 was it the truth is stranger than fiction? Whatever the fuck the saying. Yeah, I think uh, pretty much every Florida man is probably a form of homunculus, you know, in some way. It just makes me think, though, like what I was going back to with the AI thing is that it seemed like the early forms of that were 
using one element and now they're using the other element and in alchemy and magic in general isn't the great work the combining of opposites the feminine and the masculine it seems like it's coming to that where they've got both sides kind of down they have the metaphysical down and the scientific side down now if they could just put those two together they might just be able to you know make something out of that who knows during the 15th century the arnaldian homunculus there was this alchemist that supposedly would make homunculus he would make them over and over again and when they would come to life he would smash them he would kill them what a waste immediate no no straight out and they asked him they said hey why do you keep killing the homunculus like what's your deal he goes well did god die for this homunculus of sins or is there going to be does it have a soul like does it is it going to be taken over by a demon i don't know i'm not trying to take any chances so i kill it and it's fine protective is measures it, yeah i get exactly. that so, but he kept making them so yeah at first thought though it sounded cruel because it's a creature and you think oh what is it this it's amazing so hey to be a little bit uh I don't know, guarded about how you handle it. Not a bad idea. I mean, you're still rolling you the dice. Kiss, like, if he's it. like, I'm going to kill it because it might have a soul. Well, then you just killed it. And so. honestly, the first time that you saw a little man come out of a little container of your jizz and some dead body, I don't know. My first fucking reaction might <laughs> be. I'd be like taking your phone. Yo! <laughs> for fucking yeah. Instagram. So Selfie first and then smash. Sorry, buddy. My, when my son was four years old, he encountered his first midget in the wild. Now, <laughs> I wasn't there, but my wife told me she was like, so he, cause he's real, he's real friendly and like, just like he's, he's the opposite of me. I'm introvert. And he's like looking at my wife and he, he looks over and he, go, and he goes, mommy, why, why is he so small? You know, like, like, why is he so small? And she just like, like shut the fuck up like trying to like tell him to keep his voice because you know kids are loud like they don't but he encountered and again i mean I, I imagine that's what like the first alchemist to make the homunculus like yo what why the fuck's it so small i thought it'd be bigger right like <laughs> you know what i mean like who knows but i i do think that i do think that there there are there are various aspects and that's why i love alchemy because it's such an interdimensional topic it exists on various planes of reality and existence and it's whatever you want it to be it can be physical it can be literal li uh, literal physical it can be spiritual it can be whatever you want it to be and i think that's part of you know i think we're doing alchemy right now we're talking and we're transmuting the ideas of people real time they are having i know we've talked about something very weird today but i think that's what draws people in with this subject that it's so weird and like it might be real or might not be real who, like who knows like uh, but we do know that they grow people in in two test two babies right i mean that's a real thing all the kardashians have had ivf right they're so, all clones anyway they're all yeah they're all but they might be clones right all a lot of celebrities have had ivf a lot of them right they use they use surrogates that's all that hey that's an out hermetically sealed chamber you know what i'm saying and yeah. Yeah. i mean it make it make a hey, it makes sense to me and it, this this subject really triggers certain people and I that's think fine i think the reason that this subject makes people attracted to it 
I, I'm, I'm definitely not triggered by it. I don't know what it is, but it's interesting to hear because it's nice to hear someone say, Hey, I'm not a hundred percent sure what this is, but here's the research I've done. Make up your own mind about it. Because just like you were talking about since what the BC, we've been told what to think and how things are and what we should believe. Indoctrinated. So that's very, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not good with the big words. So, <laughs> but it's nice to be able to be in a community where we can just listen to people talk and no one's like, you don't believe me. Fuck you. I mean, some people are, but it's few and far between for the most part though, we're just presenting ideas and then other people get to form their opinions and we're still okay with whatever they decide. I think the reason people get trigger triggered is because that pisses them off that you're presenting an idea and saying, make of that what you will. They want somebody <laughs> to tell them what to think and what to do. If you're not, if you're leaving it open-ended for a lot of people, they're like, wait, I have to use my own self to figure this. No, I don't like that. And then they leave you a shitty review about boners. So, yeah. yeah so, I, and again, right. this, this is the watered down, very watered down. You can find, if, if, you, if you look me up, you can find, I've done, I think this is my 14th presentation on it. And it it takes me like two and a half hours from like start to finish, like to actually get into like the full history of like what it is, like how it started to what it's become. And it's a bro, I mean, it's that deep. <laughs> yeah. And some people say, Oh, you waste your fucking time. It's like, well, I mean, I think I find it really interesting. And I think that the the just the fact that this was an actual thing, that there were church fathers or whoever in the 15th century arguing they were debating whether this religious figure was or was not a homunculus i mean that goes a long way you know, you're talking about grown-ass men having a conversation like no i mean it when it you know when, when the conception immaculate conception and the holy spirit and all this stuff it's like he was a homunculus and the guy was like no fuck you he wasn't a homunculus like you know he's like defending his guy dude Grown-ass men arguing about this. It's amazing. So when, when I started to peel apart the layers, like, okay. And then Paracel's like the biggest mind talking about this sort of thing. It's like, mm, I don't know. There's some, There might be something to it. But I always tell people, just make of it what you will. But it's, it's another aspect of alchemy. And the more I learn about it and the more I research it, the more I start to understand that i don't know shit <laughs> and like you start off with one 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 expectation and it just morphs into something completely different like at the end of the day so yeah i think well i think another reason people get triggered by stuff is because it means they have to go spend time like you said your whole presentation is a few hours long that's more time than a lot of people have they can mm -hmm. sit down for six hours and binge watch kardashians but to to delve into something crazy like a different idea than they grew up with you know what's easier writing the whole thing off and going on with your day. And you are more than welcome to do that. In fact, with the topics we talked about, you probably should. But if you're interested in it, this is like the seed for your, uh, you know, your interest. And you can, I mean, there's tons of shit out there. You can look this stuff up on. Well, it looks like Ben left us for a poop. Uh, nice. He had to go doo-doo bud. Yeah, he's a doo-doo butt. But that's fine. Everybody's got poop. I did before the show because I prepared Me myself. too, bro. It's yeah, just, right before, like fresh. Yeah, it was. I, awesome. I told Jen I, we're about to come into the studio here. I'm like, do not go in that bathroom till the end of the show because 
No problem. It was a crazy one, but we didn't mean to get into poop on this one. But uh, one last time, tell everybody where they can find your ass and uh, anything else you've got coming up that would be, you know, piquing the listener's interest. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on again and, and talking shit with me. I what you said, I have a journal that I, I have. An, I have another thing. I, I, I write occult and esoteric topics in my occultist Monday it's hidden world. And I break things down in short articles of topics such as the homunculus and other things like mind palaces, Pythagorean palaces, adrenochrome, et cetera, you name it. There's various articles in here and they're little bits and pieces enough to where people can digest them and then go do. And I give them references of where they can go find more information. And uh, you can find that on my website, tjojp.com. That's short for the one one podcast.com. And I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the one one podcast. I also have a comic book right, by Paranoid American. Uh, the chosen one issue number one versus the Saturnian cube. And we have another one coming out. I have a Kickstarter. I'll send you the link for it where we have Sam Tripley's in it. And XG and Johnny are actually homunculus on uh. <laughs> Sam Tripley's back. So that's coming out soon. About that. Yeah. I'll send you the pictures, <laughs> but they're little homunculus strapped to uh, Sam's back. And when he's, you know, when he calls for his swarm, it's Johnny and XG who are little men that they, kung fu fight right so i have that and obviously huh i said illuminate confirmed right yeah Yeah. let me me hit the button hold on on, on. oh and i have a few buttons for you bro illuminati confirmed i got that one and then i got these made over here check this out this is fucking sweet bro homunculus confirmed hey and then Uh, (laughs) homunculus confirmed eat a bag of dog dicks good god (laughs) that's a homunculus and then my favorite one certified motherfucker homunculus <laughs> who did those sound drops paranoid american with some ai so <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah again he's, he's the he's other like day a, great yeah he's a techno wizard he's a, he's i call him what the hell do i call him i call him something else anyways you can find me on there at the one one podcast i have youtube tiktok instagram everywhere tjojp.com is where all my links are at i appreciate you guys Perfect. Well, thanks, dude. We will uh, catch up with you soon, maybe quicker than a year because it has been almost a year, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Ben, bon voyage. Oh, he just came back. I literally just sat down. Sorry. I had to take a shit real bad. (laughs) We just ended the show. Well, I mean, it's still recording actually, but that's fine. That's how boring it was. You had to take a shit like right as I was. No, that's what that's what all the vitamins will do right after dinner. Listen, bro. Listen, listen. There's such thing. Keep this in the recording. This is a thing. There's such thing as the anal birth of the homunculus. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just did one. I've seen that at Walmart. I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) There might have been a reason why Jeffrey Dahmer was (laughs) having these, keeping these dudes, right? Without a head and all that stuff. Again, a hermetically sealed chamber. Think about it. I I just shit out a little man. It was a little me for sure. He smashed him immediately and flushed it. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Just in case Uh, I wasn't on the other episode and I'm remembering incorrectly, it was very nice meeting you. Thank you for coming on. We'll have to do this again. And uh, let us know the next time you come out with something that you've gone this in depth of. Uh, I got plenty of shit, bro. I would love it. Yeah. You name I got plenty of presentations. So this is just one of the many. I'll do it again soon. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. Have a great night.